Hey everyone. I wanted to take a second before today's episode with the one and only Kyla Pratt to send love, honor, and talk about an incredible person that both Kyla and I worked with named Leslie Jordan, who passed away suddenly not too long ago from actually four days ago from me recording this. And I just wanted to make space for that because when Kyla and I spoke, he was still in the world with us. He was still giving his love and his joy. He was a four foot 11 giant. He was an icon for the queer community. And he was an icon for so many who wanted to live their full selves without apology. And so Leslie, I love you as you move from this mortal world to that next world and you come back to us. I am grateful for all the love you put into the world and thank you. Let's get on with it. What is a proud family? A proud family to me can be basically any any type of pride in in your family in any type of way. I know watching the proud family, I'm proud of that family just because we discuss so many things that people don't often discuss. Does this voice sound familiar to you? If you're thinking Penny Proud from the Proud family, well, then you are absolutely right. If you're not a winner, you better go home. Because I'm Penny Proud, I'm cute, and I'm loud, and I got it going on. See? But for real, this is my homie, Kyla Pratt, also known as KP. KP was just a teenager when she first voiced Penny Proud. Today, she's a mother of two and still thriving in Hollywood. Um, I'm proud of my family because we are living our full lives and we are not letting anything hold us back. And if anybody is letting anything hold us hold us back, we got each other's back and we let each other know and call each other out. Like, you're holding you back. Let's go. You're capable of anything. You got this. Kyla began acting at only eight years old. And she has been on some of the most iconic TV shows out there. I'm talking Friends, Family Matters, Moesha, Sister, Sister, and even Lizzie McGuire. Some of the shows she's been on have been groundbreaking for black and brown communities. Today, KP is going to talk to us about growing up in an industry that could make or break you, why representation matters, and what she thinks about her own daughter's interest in professional acting. My name is Christopher Rivas, and this is Brown Enough. Stories between black and white. Here we go, y'all. I met KP on the set of Call Me Cat in 2020. And when the cameras were off, we were always chopping it up. We played spades together, and I will not embarrass her by telling you how those games turned out. Spending time with her and Julian Gant, another star of the show, made time go by faster on set, and we always had a great time. Normally, I ask my guests to introduce themselves at the start of our conversation, but when I sat down with KP, I had something I had to get off my chest right away. KP. What's I got good? this troll. You have a troll? <laughs> it's, this dude is bothering me, man. Like, uh, wait, about what? Hating on the, you know, just a hater. In all the good stuff, like, it's if one bad, if one person, uh huh. and I've had this in my work. You know my work is a little controversial sometimes. Yes, <laughs> like, because it's, it's the truth. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll really pay attention 
to that one. Th- it can we bother. all we all do that though. You do that. That's yes. from you. Don't, you got no tips. I um no we all do that. I just I just I mean my only thing would be to tell you that I experienced that as well so you don't feel alone in that. Um and then recognizing that like even on an Instagram post, luckily I I get a lot of positive energy that comes my way, but every once in a while I get a new follower or somebody new that just wants to talk shit and I'm like the worst. but I but I focus in on that person and I get you so too. upset and I want to cuss them out but then I'm like Kylie, you're not taking the time to thank all these people who are saying positive things to you. Why are you believing and want to argue with the person that is saying the negative? Why not embrace the people who are saying the positive? Don't give that person any energy. And when I don't give them any energy, they end up going away or somebody on my page starts to cuss them out for me. And I'd be like, oh, see, it's over. That's it. Don't give them energy. And don't I give, them any, give them energy. I'm you like, can't. Oof. You can't because it's like I was reading something earlier and it was talking about it was like it was a it was a story about the um it was like an animal, another animal, and it was arguing with a donkey, and the donkey was saying, like, oh, the gla- the grass is gr- the grass is blue. And you're like, what? The grass is green. And they're like, you know what? Let's go to the king of the jungle. We're gonna ask the king, you know, what this is. The donkey runs in and the donkey's like King, king, the the grass is blue and he's arguing with me and blah, blah, blah. And the lion's like, hey, you're right. Other animal, like, you're being punished for five years for in, to silence. And then the other animal goes to the lion and he's like, why are you punishing me? The, the grass is green. He said, you're being punished because you took the time to argue with a donkey. Oof. You took the time to argue with a donkey who only wants, they're, they're like, they don't want to learn nothing. They don't want to learn anything. They just want to be irritating and they want their self to be right. And so that's like, I literally just read, I think my mom posted it on Facebook or something. I literally read that this morning and it was it reminded me like, don't argue. It's like flies, like what, what do they say? Bees don't spend all day telling flies like that honey is better than shit. Yeah. Like because <laughs> the, you, we're wasting our time. So I'm out here wanting to be like, <laughs> insert name, you a donkey. You a donkey. You a donkey. You a donkey. Why why you. do I have to give you my energy? Because obviously whatever I'm doing is is giving you some type of emotion, some type of feeling, and you're going to fight it until you don't want to fight it anymore. And what's the point of me arguing with you? I read a book by Susan Sontag. I think it's called, I think it's in her book, Hope. And she said, we come from needing to survive. Like we come from yeah. jungle, creatures, fire, food. And when you look at a beautiful landscape and you see a tiger in the tree, you don't see the beautiful landscape. You see tiger. Mm, like you right. see the thing that's threatening your survival. Right. So you can have all these beautiful messages of hope and love and thank you and gratitude. But there's one tiger you know, but in this case, one donkey dressed, <laughs> one donkey acting like they're a tiger. You always, I feel like every time I see you, like, look, I read this book. And I'll be like, damn, Chris is the most book readingist Because me, it's like I've always loved, like, I'm a book lover. I'll buy books and then I'll start them and then a script will come. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, I got to put this to the side. I got to read a script. A, a job will come. Oh, wait, I got to put this to the side. And so I've never, like... It takes me so long to finish something. And when we were working together, you always had like like this like major, like intelligent, like fat ass. Like, I'm like, Chris, how are you reading that? And you're like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm where I'm writing my book right now. I'm working on my podcast and I'm reading this book. And you know what? I'm just going to go away for the weekend and just and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I need to learn from this man. I did so much work while I was there. Oh, my gosh. All the time. And every time. 
time you had to leave us to do work, we were we felt disrespected. I was like, Chris, what do you mean you're going to your room to do work? Like, come hang out with us. If I wasn't hanging out with them, it's because I was writing my book, which I hope y'all have a copy of by now. It's the same title of this podcast, Brown Enough. And if you don't have a copy, I suggest you hit pause because you're probably in your car and you go find you a Barnes & Nobles. Again, if you don't have a copy, it's worth the read. I suggest y'all check it right after this. Now, I may have a lot of projects under my belt, but that doesn't even come close to KP's long resume. She is a pro and a legend, and it all started at home. Um, my mother was an actress um, growing up, so I, I grew up watching her do plays in L.A., and uh, she was a single mom, and seeing her on stage was an amazing experience. Uh, my first job was probably doing extra work in one of her uh, scenes, and um, by chance, my grandmother was on a plane just gra- bragging about her grandchildren, and just so happened to be bragging to a woman who um, had a modeling showcase and asked if I wanted to be in the modeling showcase. And I said, sure, I want to be like my mom. And my first modeling showcase is where I met a team of agents and managers that I was with for about two decades. Two decades. Yeah. I'm older than I look. (laughs) And you loved it. Why? Um... I loved it. First of all, I think uh, I got to do something that my mom was doing. And so I that was exciting for me. Um, I think also because I got to be different people. I think as a kid, um, especially growing up in my house, it's like, you know, respect your elders. Um, listen. It, it wasn't always like uh, just be goofy and run around and be yourself. So I think looking back on it, I think being able to play like the little sassy girl who can talk mess without getting in trouble was <laughs> was fun for me. I love basketball. And one of the earliest memories I have of KP on screen was this Nike commercial she did with the WNBA. Y'all, she played this little sassy girl she was just talking about. Here's a clip of her glancing up at Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie, center, L.A. Sparks. Yeah. New you... York is going to shut you down. Unless. New York's going to what? I said unless. Now that's someone you don't want to mess with. You have worked with everyone. I mean, really, if you look up KP's resume, it's... Uh, it is it's everyone it's like you you have <laughs> it worked with most of like black royalty in hollywood but who did you look up to and who have who'd you work with or who didn't you who still haven't you worked with that you want to work with oh um i want to say the first person that i remember working with that like had a name that meant a lot to me was eddie murphy um i didn't realize it at the time to me he was like another actor and he was cool Um, But realizing watching him on set was like, um, I didn't have to hear what he said. I watched what he did. I learned from what he did. Um, We had so much fun on set. But then when it was time to work, I knew it was time to work. Um, Nobody had to say, be quiet. It's time to work. It was like, oh, no, I get to enjoy myself, have like jokes in between. And then when it's time to work, all right, get to it. Um, And even seeing him over the years, just his energy, just as a person has been amazing. So just to know somebody who's on that level of of being a legend and them being able to maintain um, just the essence of who they really are and to be able to give that to people and young kids without even realizing that that that's what they're doing is amazing. Um, 
The first person who pops into my head when I think about people I haven't worked with, uh, I would say Angela Bassett. Mm. Angela Bassett is amazing in every single way, and I hope one day I get to share some type of anything with her on the screen. (laughs) There's a lot of recent discussion about the ethics surrounding child actors, and you are one of the more notable child actors. And I don't know many child actors, but you seem very sane and capable and wonderful <laughs> to me. How'd you stay grounded? And you knew a lot of child actors. Yeah. So well, thank you because you really know me. So it's nice to think that you know I'm. You think I'm sane. Uh, <laughs> so what's the trick or what's the um, difference? I'm not sure what the trick is. I know that I always sit back and I always try to send love to all the child actors out there who did not um, really have it as easy as I did. I know that sounds weird to say because, you know, what what I experienced wasn't easy at all. But um, I think just I had a mother who was like, hey, you're an actress. This is an extracurricular activity. Um, I wasn't, you know, put on a pedestal. It was like, hey, this is something you get to do after school if you have good grades. Um, You get to go play. You get to go do acting classes. You get to pretend to be other people. Um, So I never really thought about, like, from a financial standpoint as a kid, I never thought about like, ooh, people are watching me and they're looking at me and I'm amazing. Um, I never really expected attention from people. It was just like, this is fun. And I think because my family still treated me like just Kyla, I think that's something that never, it never got in the way where I've seen child actors where I've been on set as an adult where I've had to tell a child actor like, don't talk to your mama like that. Not in front of me. Like, I don't care if she lets you talk to her crazy. Please do that over there because I can't I can't comprehend what's going on here, you know. Or something was mentioned on a financial thing of like, oh, I'm getting paid this much money for this. And I'm like, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to create. We're here to have fun. And um, I just think a lot of people... I've also been really good with um, being able to weed out certain energies. Um, I'm really big on uh, making sure I keep the right people around me and trusting is not an easy thing that happens (laughs) Uh, for me in general. My first TV show was eight years old when it aired. And I remember going to school and the school surrounded me and so excited that I was on TV. And at first I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then literally seconds later, I was like, wait a second. These people weren't talking to me yesterday. And this was me at eight Mm. years old being like, nah, wait a minute. And ever since then, guard went up. Donkeys. Donkeys. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were very nice donkeys. But but no, it just made me realize like I have to watch because I want somebody who wants to be around me for me, not for what I can do with them or uh, bringing them attention. So I kind of do that still in my everyday life, you know? Do y'all remember UPN? It was on Channel 9 here in New York, and KP was on one of their shows called One-on-One. The show has been highlighted as a groundbreaking portrayal of black fatherhood. KP played Brianna Latrice Barnes, the daughter of a single dad who was a sportscaster. The father was played by comedian Flex Alexander. Uh, sweetie, daddy needs some privacy. Uh, Brianna needs a 20. <laughs> Did you recognize at the time that you were in such impactful shows for brown and black youth? I did not. Um, I didn't recognize at the time. I didn't recognize it until I got older. Um, At the time, like I said, I was just having fun. Um, I've been very fortunate and blessed to be put in so many different 
iconic shows and 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 films and you would think that that was planned <laughs> uh but not on my end it wasn't planned by me or my mom um no i didn't recognize it as a kid doing the proud family i didn't realize that that wasn't on tv yet and while i was filming it it didn't seem abnormal to me because i'm like this is what a family acts like what are y'all this is this is normal um, because I come from that kind of family. Um, doing one-on-one was, you know, different for me just because um, I grew up super close to my mom. I didn't grow up close to my dad until I was in my adult years is when we started to get cool. So um, that was a different energy, a different feeling. But I literally was just enjoying myself and still allowed to be a kid at the same time. I didn't feel anything on my shoulders. I didn't feel any pressure, which I think I would have if I would have thought about it deeper. If you but were like, oh, this is this, this is, is for the whole culture. Right, if I was like, this is for the culture, this is intense, and I have to make sure it's right, I probably would have driven myself a little crazy, you know? Like being a young girl, during both of those projects, I was like 14 years old, you know? So after I went to work, I'm like... Can I go to homecoming? <laughs> Can I go with my friends? Can we go to the little taco shop and eat? Like, I just want to hang out, you know? So, like I said, I was I was the girl who was like, I want to kick it. But, oh, I get to go to work sometimes. And, like, I, I didn't recognize that people were even watching the show until, I think, one-on-one season two, um, we got, like, our Jet magazine cover. And they were like, the most watched black sitcom. And I was like... Oh, damn, people are watching this? That's crazy. And then even after that, it was still like, oh, okay, uh, can I go to prom? <laughs> like, I was just enjoying myself. I was having fun. To me, it was like I was very fortunate to be able to play pretend and get to be with cool people who make TV happen. The show got a revival this year. KP got to revisit her role as Penny Proud again over 10 years later. And this time... More louder and prouder. How much of Penny Proud is you? A lot of Penny Proud is me. Um, I filmed this cartoon um, growing up, so I feel like um, I put a lot of me into her, and then she became a lot of me, which is great because I've always been that stand-up for others, um, stand-up for yourself. Um, We always related to each other in so many ways. When I was younger, it was more... Oh, dang, I don't want to babysit my brothers and sisters either. <laughs> but um, a lot of her is me. And um, that's why now it's like I can't, like people are like, oh, you're doing the reboot? And I'm like, wait, what? Who else is going to do Penny? Like, don't mess with me. Don't And she's play. a bit grown up. Yes, yes. They have her in high school now. And you've so. grown up. so You know, I've grown up a little <laughs> bit. And that's the amazing thing. Like, as an artist, a lot of people don't get to revisit a character that they played 20 years ago to see how much they've grown and to see how much I'm more comfortable in my voice now. And when I was younger, I didn't like my voice. I was like, I'm going to get fired. My voice is so weird. Like, why am I on this? And I'd like to tell people that because some a lot of people love my voice. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I hear it back and I'm like, what? But um, something you may not like about you and a stranger could love, you know? And now knowing, doing more voiceovers and being able to change my voice and work on different characters and doing improv and being silly. Um, now I'm a grown-up, so I'm a little more comfortable in trying different stuff and a little more, um, what's it called, solid mentally. Has Penny taught you anything? Um, Penny has taught me, I don't know if Penny's taught me anything because I really feel like 
we're the same person. Like, I really feel like everything that Penny has gone through, I've been like, yeah, that's right. Like, Brianna Barnes on one-on-one, there's certain things that she went through where I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Kids really act like this because my personality was completely different. Um, She was, like, getting made fun of for, like, being a virgin or something. And I was sitting back like, and? Like, this is really a storyline? Like, what are you guys talking about? There's nothing wrong with that, you know? So I feel like... Penny Proud has always stood up for people and been loud as, as hell. So that, you know, she's just me. <laughs> if listening to this is making you nostalgic for the Proud family, you can find all the episodes on Disney+. Plus. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, KP is going to tell us all about raising two talented girls who want to be stars just like their mama. Stay with us. And we are back with Kyla Pratt. Kyla and her partner, Danny Kirkpatrick, have been together since 2005. They have two incredible daughters together, Lyric and Leah. Your mama Mm -hmm. is someone you looked up to because she acted. Mm -hmm. I know y'all are tight. You're a mama now. Mm -hmm. You have two incredible young girls, women, young women. Babies. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. I think multiple things. They want to be performers. Yes. Like mama. Yeah. Uh, Yay? No? Yay? Do your thing? What? Um, uh, their father and I have had plenty of conversations about it, um, (laughs) because I started off not wanting it and, um, not necessarily because of anything that I went through. I enjoyed my childhood. I still like, I feel like I still got to have one. I think it was like a thing of like just wanting your kids to do something better than what you've done. And, um, but he's, but, uh, KP, the other KP, (laughs) their father has always told me, he's like, we're artists. Like, they're watching us. They're watching everything that we do. Like, how can you expect them to want to do anything else? And literally, any art that I don't do, he does everything else from music to writing to painting to, like, like physically drawing, like, an artiste. And... So I kind of sat back and was like, you know what? I can't control what my kids are going to want to do. And all I can do is support them. And while they're children, I'm just going to have their backs while they venture off into auditioning. And I feel like that's what my mom did for me. And that's why I'm still here today is because I had an adult that had my back and didn't make me feel like I was being forced to do something. And so I'm going to let them audition, let them get a little work in. Hopefully we can just stack up those, um, what's it called, the Coogan accounts <laughs> but when they turn 18, you know. And then if they want to continue when they get older, they have my blessing and they will still have my support and I will still have their back. And if they want to do something else, then that'll be what it is too. As a mom now, who was a, a literal icon for representation, and it still is because, you know, as long as it, the scales are what they are, we still need the representation. Yeah. What, we know it matters, but uh, do you have any words for for mothers out there, fathers, families? Like, w- why does representation matter for for your kids? 
<sighs> representation matters in so many ways. Um, and to me, the main reason is so people watching don't feel alone. Um, mentally, a lot of people go through things because they feel alone. They feel unseen. They feel abandoned. And I believe if you watch something that shows any type of representation of you, it helps you feel seen in some kind of way. It helps you feel not by yourself. And hey, hey, brown enough, okay? That's, <laughs> and no, and that's literally like what the world needs. I was talking to my homegirl about your book and she's just like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. You know, being uh, a, a, a Latin girl from LA who's like, wait, what? Like something that I can be a part of, you know, like something that I can relate to. And just me reading it, I loved the setup when you talked about your family and the building that you lived in because I never got to experience that. We moved around a lot. Mm. So I didn't get to experience that. So I didn't feel represented in that, but I was able to be like, ooh, I wish I had something like that. That was amazing. So it gives you a, a good, warm feeling of like, ooh, that's so cool. And and all these different people in the building. I also loved Don't Hate Me Because I Date White Women. Like that <laughs> was hilarious because you talked about so many things. Like I wasn't Latin enough for this group. I wasn't this enough for that group. But hey, for the white girls, they I was the bee's knees, you know? Like it makes so much sense and a lot of times in different cultures you're like frowned upon where it's like wait I just just I'm just living you know what I'm saying but I things like your book and like this podcast and just you in general being putting yourself out there to deal with the donkeys um which a lot of people won't do because it's scary is going to be so inspirational for anybody who looks like you, talks like you, comes for you from where you come from, has an idea of the the a family thinking negatively about being called black. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many things in representation. I had a, I had a, also had a conversation with someone about some proud family episodes because some of our episodes are a little risque, um, and we talk. We even have uh, same sex parents. Um, in our series this year. And a lot, I had a talk with this young man um, when I was in DC and he was like, oh man, I can't have my daughter watching that though. Like, what's up? And I'm like, mm. how old's your daughter? And he was like, oh, she two. And I'm like, she two, bruh. <laughs> I'm like, sir. No, but I told him, I said, even if she's older, you know, it, it starts a conversation that a lot of parents don't want to have with their children. And to me, that's part of the problem is parents who are afraid to have conversations with their kids. And then your kids go out and try to learn from other people because you're uncomfortable having the conversation with them. These 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 things, these different people, these different religions, everything is is out in the world and your kid is going to see it. So why not have the conversation start at home to what's going on? And as long as you, like, stop acting like it's not there, <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's what TV was back in the day. We only had the representation of, like, you know, the blonde, bubbly uh, Caucasian girl. And that was the what we're supposed to want to look like and want to supposed to be. Or, you know, the very strong Caucasian man who's the hero and everything. Like, you talk about so much. It's like, that's who we're supposed to want to be. But that was... 
like them trying to keep the world in a box. And we're not. We're, we're like, we're a melting pot out here. And if we don't have representation, all we're doing is repeating what was happening years ago. We're trying to tell the world, like, no, there's only one way to be. There's only one person that you're supposed to be like. And if you're not this, then I don't know what to tell you. And that's why so many people grow up feeling alone, mm-hmm. you know? I think you sort of said this you because you because you did it by your own example. But is there anything more specific you want to say, and you don't have to, to a parent whose kid wants to be in the entertainment industry? Um, to a parent who, whose kid wants to be in the entertainment industry... Um, allow your kid to feed that feeling. Um, allow them to explore and experiment um, with the industry. I would say um, let them do acting classes, um, plays, but also recognize that it's not a job where you can just say, okay, go ahead, there you go. This is a hands-on situation for a parent. Um, even my daughter's auditioning. I'm like, wait, what do we have to do now? It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take on, um, but it's worth it um, because you have to be there. You have to have your kids back no matter what. Um, be open to learning more about the industry and learning how things move and how they go and just be encouraging um, don't be over judgy when it comes to the work that they're doing. Um, I mean, help them become better, but allow them to yeah, experience. Yeah, how do you do that? You're so talented. Be honest. <laughs> be honest. How do you do it? How do you do what? Like, you're so good and, and you could probably line read, but they probably can't mimic, you know, like you could probably tell them exactly how to say it, but they can't mimic <laughs> it. So what's the... What do you do? It's crazy because I used to be like, oh, my mom was so hard on me doing certain stuff. And then now that I'm like helping my daughter uh, audition for having a script, I'm like, ah, baby, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. You got to feel like it. And so I'm I'm basically. Yeah, I do. I'm um, I realized that with what I do, I love what I do. And I don't like half assing anything. And I it's hard for me to respect um. Any actor that I see that half-asses anything, I mean, I won't speak publicly about it, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, what happened? You know, so when it comes to my kids, I'm going to be the ultimate coach. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I also try to give it with love um, to make sure that they're not looking at me like I'm crazy in a couple years. Like, mom, you're nuts. Um, Are they good at receiving it? Because my dad could not coach me in basketball. I just couldn't receive it. It made me so angry. (laughs) I feel like they are good at receiving it, but I also feel like if I'm overworked and stressed and then trying to come home and do an audition with my kid, I know that I'm going to put that energy onto them, so I'll let someone else help um, at that point. And um, so I think they can receive it sometimes, but then sometimes I'm trying to back up because I know that I'm not in a great... Fall back. um, (laughs) Fall back. I'm not in a great um, position to give what I need to give. I also am... That's why self-tapes are hard for me because I'll do a self-tape literally for three hours because I'm like, oh, didn't like that moment. Go back for myself personally. So for my kids, I'm like, Kyla, don't be that person. And so I stop myself and say, this is good. You know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, I don't like how she looked this way. Why'd she do this? And when you were saying this, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, we got it. Like, I don't want to overdo it. I still want it to be something that is fun because it was always fun for me. What's next for you in your career? What's next for me? I, I hope you say something <laughs> that I'm thinking of. 
Um, what's next for me? I actually went through something recently where I was just like, I had a spark where I was like, you know what? I'm limiting myself and I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so right now I'm um, low-key shadowing directors and um, I'm I'm stepping into that. And um, I didn't want to at first. I've always like made the joke of like directors have to deal with crazy actors and crazy producers. Like I don't want to be in the middle of that. But, you know, realizing that I I know so much um, because I'm always watching everything and everybody and um <laughs> she directed me in a few self-tapes. It's true. <laughs> that was oh my gosh, we used to have so much fun. Like Chris would have a self-tape and he'd be like, hey, you know, can you can you guys read it? I think those moments are kind of the moments where I was like, oh no, I can I can absolutely do this directing thing. Like, cause I was able to do it, I was able to have fun, and I was able to you know, because we're friends. Like, I feel like we give each other real advice and we're going to tell each other the real thing instead of just sugarcoating anything. And that's a scary thing for me thinking as a director, like, because I am I I try to work on not hurting anyone's feelings. Like, I, that's something that I really don't like to do. But when it comes to that process, it was easy for me to be like, all right, Chris, remember this part right here, blah, blah, blah. You said you wanted to do this and you did that. But I think the other one is a great choice. And you're like, bet, you know? And like even being on set with each other and us being able to give each other notes and talk about things, like I think it made me more like confident. And no, I can I can, I can, definitely do it. I think you have a very grounded ego, meaning so you're, ta- you're on this these wildly successful shows and you never got caught up in it, in the hype. And I'm sure you worked with people who did. Yeah. So for people listening who maybe are in some sort of field that involves hype, <laughs> what's the difference? What allows, a, what gets someone swept up into the hype, you know, that it, that makes their ego bigger than them? or And what keeps it like, I just want to be around good people? I... <sighs> It's difficult because a lot of people, like, I get people all the time who are like, hey, I want to be an actress. What is your advice? And I'm like, you have to love this shit. You can't just want to be famous. Like, that's, it's not going to, this is hard work. Like, this is hard work. You have constant rejection over and over and over and over and over. And you have to constantly question yourself, like, what did I do? Was it me? Or is my hair wrong? Or did I say the wrong thing? Or, you know, this is the type of industry where I'm sure you have rejection in a lot of different industries, but this one is like, not like this. Not like this. This shit hurts. Like My homie said to me, he said he, he applied for a job and the job kind of ghosted him. Mm. And I was like, bro, welcome to my life. Like, I get welcome. ghosted all the time. You get, we get ghosted after like studying 12 pages of dialogue and, and now setting up your own zooms and lighting you get ghosted and, after three good dates man you know, like, like it's in it and you never know and for anyone it's like you can't get caught up in the hype because all that's gonna do is mess with you later on there's gonna be ups and downs in everything that you're ever gonna do and if you think it's gonna constantly be up you're setting yourself up to feel like shit like I literally now have to sit back and be like hey it's all good I have to look at stuff and be like you know what this is, I have to look at this. This is a job. Let me go in. Let me perform. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stop performing as much because I'm taking away a little of my emotion from it. But it becomes overwhelming 
if you get to it. Like like somebody would be like, oh, what do you, what character do you want to play? I'm like, bruh, I don't want to put, I don't even want to tell you. Because if I audition for it, I'm going to feel some type of way that I didn't get it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I had to learn like what's meant for me is meant for me. And that's it. And if I don't get this project or I, I'm not a part of this anymore, like something bigger and better is coming. And I'm one of those people like I don't like thank you for the grounded ego compliment because <laughs> a lot of I times. I can't say no ego, you know. Yeah, because, yeah, no. Like, oh, yeah, no. We all got one. Right. We all, yeah. So that's I'm like, that's why I've never heard that. That's why I'm like, ooh, thank you. Um, but I know like uh, even in the the industry that we're in, I have to sit back and be like. I love what I do, but I want to be respected at the same time. And I think when people get caught up, um, they forget why they're doing it. And we're supposed to be doing it because we love it, because we love the process and we love creating. And, you know, if if recognition comes with it, then cool. But I actually like <laughs> my life. Like, I like to be able to go places and... Most of the time, people aren't worried about me, <laughs> you know. And then sometimes I go places and I and I get a handful of people who, you know, they speak or they, you know, shake my hand or say hi or, you know, they enjoy my work. And that's just a bonus, you know what I'm saying? But I have to do it for me, not for any type of recognition or outside love because that outside love can stop whenever it, it, it feels like it. And if I'm basing everything off of that, I'm screwed. Moral of the story is to stay humble, y'all. Treat everyone with respect, just like you would want to be treated. KP has stood her ground over and over again in the many years that she's been in Hollywood. And she hasn't let this industry break her. All right, y'all. Before we wrap up today, I want to share a new little segment. It's called Fun Facts. Because I'm always learning something new that I want to share with someone. And my producers got really annoyed by me telling them, so they thought we should share it with y'all too. I shared this week's fun fact with Kyla because it was related to our combo. So here it is. Fun fact about pride. So I have this tattoo mm-hmm. on this little lion on my wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone thinks it's because I'm a Leo, which is <laughs> true. But I was. Watching, but of course, it's deeper it's because yeah, yeah, it's you, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I was watching this documentary about cats, about big cats. I literally think it's called Cats on PBS. It's a three-part series, <laughs> and cats are solitary animals. This is how they spread across the world so fast. Uh, they they live alone and they tr- and they travel alone except for the lion. The lion has a pride, mm. right? And as someone who you know battles with pride, I was like, oh, what a beautiful way to look at pride. That the reason they're the king of the jungle is is because they chose not to be alone, but to work with their pride, mm. with their family, to be proud. I love that. Um, you know, and so community and family is pride, and that's what keeps us strong. I love that. Fun fact. I very much look forward to working with KP again on a set. Love you, Kyla. But in the meantime, I got a game of spades to win. Next time on Brown Enough, we're talking to journalist and cartoonist Malika Garib. Until next time, peace and love, y'all. Brown Enough is a production of Stitcher. It's created and hosted by me, Christopher Rivas, and I'm also an executive producer. Our team includes producer Manolo Morales, senior producer Abigail Keel, technical director Casey Holford, production assistant Gabrielle Gladney, and executive producer Camille Stanley. Original music by Casey Holford. 
Workhouse Media is a contributing producer to this podcast. Carlos E. Hernandez of Ikigai Management is also an executive producer of Brown Enough. And don't forget to subscribe, y'all, or follow Brown Enough so you never miss an episode. And if you got a minute, leave us a review. A nice one. It goes a long way. Thanks. Witness Docs from Stitcher.